Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, It's Not Over, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled, Why Have You Forsaken Me? Enjoy this message. We appreciate your giving. You can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here and appreciate everybody, everybody being here this Palm Sunday. We're going to have a wonderful time, and I believe the Lord's going to minister to lots of people here. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place? At the right time, right now. Uh, I believe that today. And appreciate all you guys looking good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good. Yeah. Look up here and say, you look better. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're, we're on this series that we've been talking about this month. It's not over. How many know it's not over? And we're, gonna, we're talking about different things in life that sometimes seems like it's over, like that's it, there's no hope. And one of the illustrations I've used even in football games where it seems like a team is getting demolished. I was watching the other day just the highlights of the Patriots versus the Falcons. I think it was Super Bowl 51. And uh, the Falcons were leading. If you're not into football, just bear with me. They were leading uh, 28 to three in the third quarter. And it looked, it's over, you know. But man, that that Brady guy, man, I'm telling you, Tom Brady gets in there and they make the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. I, I, I mean, I thought it was over. I thought this is it. Finally, we get Brady, man. It's over, you know, but it's not. He comes back and many statements that Jesus made on the cross seemed like it was over. Even as he hung on the cross, they thought it was over. But how many know he rose again on the third day? And there are statements that I want to look at today that he made on the cross last week. I talked about, uh, Father, forgive them. And here he is. People are insulting him. People are saying things to him. And he's, he's giving them forgiveness even when they're not asking for forgiveness. It's not over. And today I want to read a statement here in Matthew chapter 27. And these are some of the words that Jesus cries out. As he's hanging on the cross, Matthew 27, verse 46. And I'll read this verse of scripture. About three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'll say that last verse again. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So let's pray as we dive into this message today. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for every person that's here. God, you know where they're at spiritually. You know where they're at mentally in their life right now. You know where they're at right now and just in life. And God, I pray that the Word of God today would minister to them, that your Word would just come alive, be real. Father, for your Word is relevant even in 2022, it applies to our life today. It's not outdated. It's not old-fashioned like people think it is. Your word is so relevant. It's for today's time. It's for our lives. So I pray, open up every heart. Remove every distraction because there's so many things in our mind that will distract us, but remove that. And I pray today, God, help us to give you our 100% undivided attention and let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I, I believe this message today as I minister, I know it's Palm Sunday and usually I'll minister a message of Jesus 
coming into Jerusalem and them crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, uh, the king has come. Uh, but this morning, as we started this series this month, I really wanted to focus on the things that Jesus said on the cross and the statement that he made when everybody thought that it was over, over and said, hey, it's, it's done. And I believe this message is going to be very deep. Can I, can I, we're going to get deep today. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt a little bit, but sometimes we need to hurt in order to heal. And uh, it's going to get really deep spiritually, I believe, but I think it'll help you. And as we move on to next week or even this week, uh, which they call Passion Week for Jesus, uh, uh, this is the last week that Jesus lived and then the sacrifice that he made, the pain that he went through. And of course, next Sunday will be Resurrection Sunday, all of those events that happened this week. But I want to talk about what's, what's going to happen this week. As he entered into Hosanna and then the week, the passion. And let me give you some context here in Matthew 27. When he said those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm going to read a few verses of the scripture of what's going on here. Matthew 27, verse 37. Above his head, they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And two robbers were crucified with him, one on, one, on the right side and one on the left side. And those who passed by hurled insult at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Now they're mocking Jesus for the statements he made. Come down from the cross if you're the son of God. So they were quoting Jesus because Jesus had said that he could tear down the temple and he'd raise it up in three days. Of course, he was talking about symbolically himself being raised he's the temple but they begin to insult him and uh, here is Jesus uh, and all of this uh, he's there hanging on the cross and they're insulting him they're questioning him and then in verse uh, uh, verse 41 it says in the same way the chief priest the religious people the teachers of the law the elders begin to mock him and he said he saved others they said but he can't even save himself He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. And then we hear some of the saddest words in the New Testament uh, are spoken here in verse 43 by the people, and they go, he trusts God. In other words, what they're saying is, where is your God now? You're still trusting God. I mean, uh, you're hanging on the cross. You trust God. And how many of us this morning, when things have gone in our lives, things are happening in our lives, there's a little voice of, why are you trusting God? You really trust God now? Look at what's happening. Look at your circumstances. Look at your situation. And then in verse, uh, the rest of that verse said, he trusts God. Let God rescue him now. If he wants him, he said, uh, he, for he said, I am the son of God. So in other words, they're saying, where is your God now? Now, honestly, if we were looking at Jesus, if we were there as he was hanging on the cross, we might have said the same thing or at least thought it. We would have probably said, man, uh, he trusts God. What happened? Uh, what's going on? Uh, how, it's over. We would have said it's over. There's no way he's going to get out of this. There's no way anything good is going to happen. Uh, and basically, uh, the way Jesus looked on the cross, uh, all that was happening, the blood that was being shed... Uh, all of these things uh, were disturbing, 
and it was moving because Jesus here was sacrificing his life for all of us. And we could see and understand the pain that was going on there. In fact, they had abused him severely. They had, he had been whipped 39 times. Uh, uh, his, his blood was being shed. They put a crown of thorns on him. They spit on him. And basically, when we think of Jesus, or you see pictures of Jesus, you, you see him with a, with a robe, but they removed his robe, so he's naked on the, on the cross, humiliated. And so they're asking him, you still trust God in all of this? And there's a Greek word or Hebrew word, I should say. Uh, it's, it's said, when you say you trust God, the word is pytho. What it means is uh, an inward certainty, a certainty. In other words, are you still confident in God? How many know it's very easy to trust God when things are going well? It's very easy to trust God when things are good. But as soon as things turn dark, how difficult it is to to trust God. How difficult it is to really begin to put our trust in hell or in God because all of hell is coming against us. See, hell has a way of undermining God. This is what happens. The enemy comes, whenever we start trusting God, the enemy always tries to undermine who God is. The enemy tries to undermine the character of God. The enemy tries to undermine the authority of God, the nature and the goodness of God. We see this in the very beginning in the garden when uh, uh, the the serpent began to question Eve. He said, did God really say that? It's always the enemy trying to undermine the things of God. And it's always the enemy trying to get us this morning to not trust God because we could trust God in the light. But how about trusting God in the darkness? How about that? I want to read you a story here. It's kind of a funny story. And because I see you guys are getting kind of serious on me. So I'm going to make you laugh here. And this, is a, this is a story apparently that a doctor told. I think I've shared this story before. And he is an emergency room doctor in Kentucky. And it's important that you know that this guy is from Kentucky. And he said this guy came in the ER after being in a car accident. And the guy had all kinds of burns around his neck. And so the doctor looked at him and said, how in the world did you get those burns around your neck in a car accident? This guy said, well, you know, he goes, "Uh, my wife and I were sitting down on the porch and we got one of those new dog collars. And you know, the dog collars with the little zappers on it. Did I mention this guy's from Kentucky? Anyway, uh, that's important, the story. And this guy said to his wife, let me put this dog collar on my neck and I'm going to see how far I can go and see if it still works. So he got in his pickup truck and he got on the road there. And he said, honey, I'm going to go over that hill. And then when you hear me honk the horn, I want you to push the zapper. And so sure enough, he went over the hill. And again, did I tell you guys from Kentucky? And so uh, he got in his pickup truck, drove over the hill. And right when he got on the top, uh, his wife couldn't see him anymore. He, he hit the, the horn. As soon as he hit the horn, uh, uh, the, the zapper went on. It was so strong, the guy almost went unconscious. And he's driving and he's swerving. There's another car coming. Uh, and uh, his wife not, didn't hear anything, you know. And, his, and another car's coming at him. And the car's honking at him. So his wife hit the zapper one more time. 
The other car kept hitting the horn, so his wife kept hitting the zapper. And you can imagine, he gets to the doctor. I don't know why I told you this story. But sometimes things don't go the way we think they should, right? The way we planned them out. And that's kind of how life is when we run into difficulty and problems. Uh, things could immediately go dark if we're not careful. And the Bible says here, Matthew 27, uh, the Bible says from the ninth hour, from the sixth until the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. So this was about the middle of the day, maybe two or three o'clock, and it should have been daylight, but the Bible says that darkness came over the land as Jesus was hanging on the cross. And what was happening here, when you begin to read the scripture, you'll find that Jesus was taking upon himself the sin of the world. And he felt or he knew that the presence of God, that the Father at that moment had withdrew from him. And this is why he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Many scholars say that he was screaming it out at that moment. So when he screamed it out, he understood that, that God at that moment basically turned away. There was no moment in time where Jesus ever complained about what men said about him. He never complained about people forsaking him. He never complained about people saying things about him. In fact, it's interesting to know that Jesus called the Father, Abba Father. Jesus said he basically, Abba Father was an endearment term saying Daddy. And so he said, called or Papa. So many times when Jesus was talking about the Father, it was an endearment term. It was saying Papa or Daddy. But here in this place that's going on right here on the cross, he is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a dark time. When it goes dark many times, we don't understand. We end up asking why, don't we? Many of us this morning, when we're going through the pain in the world, we're wondering why. Why so much divorce? Why so much abuse? Why do so many young people die? Why a pandemic? Why all the pain? Why all the heartache? Have you ever asked why? Why does God answer some prayer and some other prayers he doesn't? Why do I feel alone? So many questions in life. And this is uh, exactly what we would be thinking. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want to show you a video of a few people that had to question God. These are believers, things that happened in their life. So why don't we go ahead and play that video real quick. I see that video a bunch of times. Crazy. Um, so let me, uh, as we hear these hurts, and these questions, um, we, we often ask why. You know, I was thinking about a, a, some moments in our lives, even my wife and I, you know, I could relate to this young girl who was uh, pregnant. My wife was pregnant uh, for, she was in her five, six month actually. Uh, this was back in 1991 or 92, and um, about six months into her pregnancy, uh, she couldn't feel the heartbeat of the baby, and so, or not the heartbeat, but the baby stopped moving, and so we went to the hospital, and they verified that indeed uh, the heart had stopped beating, but uh, we found out then that she was having twins, and uh, both of their hearts had stopped beating, and, um, 
you know, we, we, they had to induce the labor and all of that. It was traumatic when you wonder why, why. And so this morning, a lot of us, you have some hurts. You know some people. Maybe it's personally happened to you, and you're wondering why. Why all these things are happening? Why is all this? And, and even Jesus is on the cross, and he's saying, why, God, have you forsaken me? You know, Paul gives us some perspective this morning. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. That's how life is. You're seeing a poor reflection. It's not a good reflection. That we shall see face to face. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, it says, then I will know fully even as I am fully known. So in other words, our understanding of things right now are not fully known. Our understanding of how we see things is not how we really, uh, in other words, we're not getting a clear picture. We're only seeing one piece of the puzzle. We don't understand how things are. And many times in life, we're, we're looking in part. You're, you don't have the full view. And this is why we often question why. I don't know if you could put that word up, uh, put that word up that we had up there, uh, the one I told you, nowhere, nowhere, there it is. So a lot of us this morning, when you look at that word, you'll see nowhere. But how many see now here? Wow. It depends how you look at it. And that's how we look at God. Sometimes we can think God is nowhere. God's nowhere to be found. Or you can look at life and say, God's now here. God's here. No matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in life, God is now here, not nowhere. How many can say amen? So here's the scripture that I want to share with you, Isaiah chapter 55. And it says this, and I take comfort in these words, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God speaking. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So God is saying, you don't understand everything because my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I begin to think about that in life. You know, sometimes even with our children and you're taking care of them and they don't understand that, that you're trying to help them. I remember taking one of our, our sons to, to the hospital because his arm was hurting. We didn't know what was going on and, and they had to take, take him an x-ray. He's only two years old. And, and, and so we said, we go in the room and he say, no. He goes, hey, where, where are you going? Dad, take me home. I don't, you know, I, I, I want to go home and play. And he said, no, you have to go in with the doctor. But he almost feels betrayed. Like, I have to turn away. He said, no, you're going to go with him. It's like, where are you going? And he didn't realize we're trying to help him. But I have to leave in order for him to get the x-ray. I, I can't be in the room with him. And so that's how we feel many times in life, as if God has turned around and walked out of the room. When God is actually trying to heal you. You know, the scripture I just read that my ways are higher than your ways. I remember calling Pastor uh, or Evangelist Victor Danridge when his daughter had passed away. She had uh, some type of flu. This was a number of years ago. They took her in. She, her flu had gotten really severely, and they were giving her breathing treatment. A few hours later, they came out and said she passed away. She was 21 years old. When I called them, I said, listen, I'm, I'm calling to offer my condolences and my prayer for you. And he said, listen, this is what the Bible said. My ways are not your ways. 
My thoughts are not your thoughts. See, the good news in the word of God is even though we don't understand it, God is still here. I said God is still here. And some of our crisis in life, we feel like, man, where is God? And I want you to know God is now here. Even though you may not think it, he is. And things can shift in a moment. Folks, I'm being real with you. Things can shift in a moment. Maybe some of you right now, you're not in a crisis. And I pray this morning that you don't go through all the battle and pain that a lot of people, but you know, the, the wind will shift. You don't know which way it's coming. You don't know when it's going to happen. It may not happen to you directly. It may happen to someone that you know. And you're going to have, where is your faith going to be when that happens? Jesus said it this way, John chapter 3, verse 8. Eight, it said, the wind blow wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. All of a sudden, things can shift, and you're not, excuse me, you're not aware. And it can be very confusing, confusing at that moment as to who is God and where is God. I want you to write this down. God is good. Amen. Write it down. How many of you understand God is good? He is. And no matter what anybody says, no matter what the circumstances say, God is good. Jesus said it this way, Mark chapter 10, verse 18. No one is good except God. And we tend, what we tend to do is we tend to project our present situation on God. And whatever our present situation is, we project it on God. If our present situation is not good, that means God's not good. If your present situation is good, then your God is good. It's all based on your circumstances. It's all based on your perspective. It's all based on how you see it. It's not based on the character of God. It's based on your perception and how you see things. Yet the Bible says God's still good no matter what you think. When things are not good around you and their circumstances are not going the way you want them to be this morning, God is still good. Did you hear me? When someone got, gets cancer in your family, God's still good. When someone hurts in your family, God's still good. When there's abuse, God is still good. When things are atrocious that are happening, God is still good. When there is war, God is still good. When there is genocide, God is still good. God never changes. God is an unchanging God. God is still good. And God is always good. It's not based on circumstances, not based on situations. Number two, write this down. God is for me. The Bible says, Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? How unbelievable is that? The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one that created the earth, the one that spoke and all the stars came to be. And God, that God is for you. I said, that God is for you. And he had, the, he had the purpose and a plan for your life despite your circumstances. And number three, God is always with us. How many believe that? Yes. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5. Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. So no matter how alone you may feel, no matter how abandoned you may feel, no matter how dark, the circumstances are in your life. No matter how bleak things may look this morning, 
God will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, when we read the scripture, Jesus is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I'm going to give you an explanation to that. But can I just say that this to you? He forsook the son of God so that you would never be forsaken. He forsook the son of God for your sake so that you'll never be forsaken. So we can always understand that God is good, uh, that God is for me, uh, that God will never leave me. Uh, and the issue is this this morning, will we trust God no matter what's going on in our life? Will we have this unshakable faith? I mean, one of my favorite stories that I've read, uh, and the first Bible story I ever read, first time I ever even read the Bible was in the book of Daniel, and it's about these three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many remember that story? And if you ever seen the Veggie Tales, it's Rack Shack and Benny. Amen. <laughs> too, much, too much Veggie Tales for me. Amen. With my kids, you know, I, I don't want to sing the song. But anyway, I was about to sing it. <laughs> okay, no, I won't. But anyway. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what is the story? These, these three Hebrew men, uh, the Bible says three young men, uh, and there's this king by, this wicked king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And basically he has made this idol, this golden idol. It's like 90 something feet tall, 90 something feet wide. Uh, and the Bible said that everybody in Babylon was to bow down to this golden idol. And when they heard the music, when they heard all of everyone everywhere was to bow down. But these three Hebrew boys, they believed in only one God, the living God. And so they refused to bow down. And the Bible says, the King Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you guys in the fiery furnace. If you guys don't bow when the music begins to play, see, it's easy to have faith when you're safe. That's safe faith. But, but, but what about when your faith today is, is, is being threatened? When your faith today is being, uh, amen, uh, you're, you're feeling the pressure in real life situation. How deep is your faith? When darkness enters into your life and in your situation, how deep is your faith? The Bible said that these three Hebrew men said, hey, we know that God is able to deliver us. We know that God is well able to deliver us. They, they had this incredible faith uh, in this dark moment, in this time where they were being threatened. They were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. They said, we know that God is able. But then they raised their faith to another level. And they said, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to your stinking idol. You fat looking king. No, he said, no, I didn't add that. You good for nothing. No, he said, we're not going to bow down to your idol. Let it be known that even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. See, how deep is your faith? Does your faith bow down when God, uh, or do you bow down the moment a prayer is not answered? Do you bow down when things don't work out? The Bible said they were thrown in the fiery furnace. Now, we know the story. When they went in the fiery furnace, the Bible said there were three men dancing in there. And then all of a sudden, they see four men dancing around the furnace. 
The fourth was like the Son of God. Can you say amen? Because God's with you even in the darkest moment, even in the furnace. See, we want de- deliverance from the fire. Sometimes deliverance takes place in the middle of the fire. In the middle of the furnace. In your darkest moments. The Bible tells us we trust in, we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. In all our ways, we're to acknowledge Him and what? He will make our path straight. So this, this, the scripture is telling us that we're not to lean on our own understanding. This is the kind of faith that God's looking for. Even in the darkest moment, even in those times when we don't understand it all, we just know that we know that God's with us. In fact, there is a Hebrew word for when you know, it's called yada. I know what we say, yada, 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 but actually that is a Hebrew word. And that what that means is you just know that you know. You know that God's with you. That you know, you know what, God knows better than I do. That I'm going to trust God no matter what's happening. That somehow there's a purpose, there's a design. That God's going to do something in the midst of it this morning. And so the Bible says, again, when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is what was happening. Again, he was taken upon the sins of the world. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, gives this clarity here. It said, God made him, talking about Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus became the sin for us. In other words, all of the sin, all of the hatred, all of the immoral things in life, Jesus took it upon himself. He took upon your sin and my sin. So the next time you think about quitting God, think about what Jesus did for you. There's some of you in here, let me just say this. I'm going to prophetically say, some of you in here have already said, uh, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to be a Christian very much longer. This might even be my last service, maybe my last Easter. Shame on you. All that Jesus did for you. Some of you are even getting to a point where, you know, it's kind of getting boring. I need, I need to get out and, you know, do my thing. Do your thing and go to hell. That's what you want to do? You want to just do your thing? I, I just want to do my own thing. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And so we need to think about that today. I want to prophetically say that to some of you, because some of you are thinking Christianity is boring. Well, then you're not reading the Bible. You're not praying. You're not getting a hold of God. If you're thinking the world has everything, I'm telling you, it's empty, man. I'm just going to tell you. There's nothing there. Uh, it, it's fun for a while, but then it catches up to you. It comes to, come pay your dues. Come pay your dues. Broken heart, misery. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. See, the Bible says when God looked upon Jesus, he was seeing the sin of the world. He was seeing all the imperfect things that were going on, and Jesus took it upon himself. He was seeing the adultery, the lying, the hatred, the racism, the cheating, everything that existed in the world was upon Jesus at that moment. The Bible said that God cannot see or look upon sin. Habakkuk 1.13, God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. He cannot tolerate wrong. So at that moment that God had to turn away from Jesus because of the sin, and that's why Jesus could feel 
the presence of God or if God had turned on him, but God forsake him so that you wouldn't be forsaken. God forsook him so that you could be forgiven. When we think of all of those things, we see the goodness of who God is. We see the greatness of God this morning. We see the divine hand of God and his merciful hand reaching out to us this morning. See, Jesus paid the price so that you wouldn't have to. Jesus made the sacrifice today so that you wouldn't have to. I've said this many times to you. How do you stay saved? How do you walk with God? You know how I do it? I'm just grateful every day. I'm just grateful. People that stop serving God, you stop being grateful. People that quit on God, people that say, well, I'm not going to serve God anymore. You know, that's it. I'm going to quit on you. Then you're not grateful no more. You've lost your gratitude. When I think about the cross, when I think about what Jesus did, I'm grateful. When I think about all the things that, the, that I should have been on the cross, that you should have been on the cross, that we should have been paying the price, but Jesus paid it for us so that you can make it into heaven, so you can walk in the glory. And today, no matter what you're going through today, and I, again, I'm not belittling your circumstances. I've shared some of the pain that I've gone through. Maybe you've gone through some deeper pain. I'm not belittling any of those things. I'm just saying that God is for you. That God is good, that he's still with you. He'll never forsake you. That from this moment on, you just need to be confident and know that God is still with you in your darkest moment, and your hardest moment. He is with you. He's still good. He loves you. People are still trying to figure out, well, why all of these things happen? You know, one of the things that I've learned in life, I don't ask the why anymore. I, I ask the what. God, what, what do you want me to see in this? The wrong question you're asking is why. Maybe you ought to ask, God, what is your purpose in this? What is it that I need to do now? God, you know, instead of saying nowhere, I've got to see that you're now here. I've learned this morning that I'm not asking the why, I'm asking the what. What, what do I need to do next, God? What, 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 what way do I need to respond? What way do I need to grow from this? What way can I help somebody Go through what, I'm go- what I've been through, encourage them. What can I do now for you, God? What more can I do for the kingdom? Can you say amen? amen. And this is, what, this, is the, this is the connection, again, that God wants us to understand that he's good, that he's for you, that he's with you, amen, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.